Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, and welcome back to another episode of West Line. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman. This Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning roller coaster right here on the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Thank you all for taking the time. Joining me, it is hump day. Happy hump day, everyone. We're halfway to the weekend. Congratulations. We are on our way. Now, we have a lot to talk about with the Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of moves have been made. A lot of decisions have been made. But before we do that, I want to plug my Monday episode. If by chance you missed the Monday morning conversation, which as much as I say, like in the off season, oh, I don't like it. It is by far my favorite, my, my favorite podcast that I do. I love talking with other people, whether they are Steelers fans, whether they're media, it doesn't matter. I love having those discussions. When I had Roy Countryman on, he did such a phenomenal job being so prepared and, and detailed. I thought it was phenomenal. Go back and check that out. We talked about team needs how the Steelers should address those. So we're not just addressing the team needs. We're also saying, okay, we need that the Steelers need to do this in the draft free agency, or maybe even both. So go back and check that. I want to plug that podcast today though. We are talking about the news. Let's start off with the news based on the fact that running backs coach Eddie Faulkner is back. It's according to reports. It's been nothing official yet. Nonetheless, the Steelers don't necessarily always put it out there in terms of being official when it comes to coaches being retained, uh, Tara Austin, there was no tweet, there was no article, there was no press release stating that Tara Austin got an extension. Yet, all reports state that he did. Eddie Faulkner on that same path, the running backs coach who filled in as 
one of the offensive coordinators at the end of at the end of last season when Matt Canada was fired. He is going to be back, according to multiple reports. Uh, I cited on the SteelCurtainNetwork.com, Aaron Wilson, NFL Insider, who's down in Texas. But there were plenty others from Bleacher Report and other sources that heard the same thing, that Eddie Faulkner is back. So that's good news, because believe it or not, I think that Najee Harris and now Jalen Warren have done extremely well with Faulkner at the, at the helm of the running back room. They're both coming off 1,000 total yard seasons. Najee Harris coming off 1,000 rushing yards. It's his third straight year. He's the first player in Steelers history to ever do that. While he's a phenomenal talent and his availability has been his best ability, you can't discredit the coach there either. So Eddie Faulkner's back. That's good news for the Steelers, in my opinion. Then this begs another question, though. What are they going to do with Mike Sullivan? Mike Sullivan. He was the play caller when Eddie Faulkner was the OC. Everyone thinks that he'll be back. Jerry Dulac reported that they're in talks, but in talks with what? Tom Arth was signed as the offensive coordinator. I'm not, I'm sorry, not the offensive coordinator, the quarterback's coach, Arthur Smith, offensive coordinator. So where exactly would Mike Sullivan fit? Would he just be basically nothing more than a offensive coach, like an assistant coach, or would he be a pass game coordinator? I don't know. I don't know. The longer this takes, you wonder if Mike Sullivan's not going to be with the Steelers next year. And you also have to wonder if the Steelers might say, look, Sullivan's got a great rapport with Kenny Pickett. He's been within his first two years in the league, but maybe we want to go in a different direction. We don't want him around as, as Tom Arth is doing his thing. We don't necessarily want that other person being involved. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Mike Sullivan if news breaks at any point, make sure you check out steelcurtainnetwork.com and all of our podcast platforms will have that for you right there. So Eddie Faulkner is back. Now the other news, that is what I want to talk about on today's first half of the podcast as we get ready for the mailbag segment in the second half. The Steelers are not wasting time making moves. They're not. The new league year starts February, I'm sorry, March 13th. I'm recording this on February 13th. So they have an entire month before they have to get cap compliant before the new league year begins and they can start talking to other free agents. They are not wasting time on Monday afternoon evening. The Steelers announced a trio of cuts. They released three players. Sure. You heard about it by now, but in case you didn't, Mitch Trubisky, Jukes Okorafor and Presley Harvin were all released. Team put them out in the same exact tweet. These players gone. Yeah, it was, it was crazy because right before they made that official announcement, it was being reported by a bunch of different sources. NFL insiders across the board were saying that Mitch Trubisky is going to be out, that the Steelers are going to give him plenty of time to hit free agency, to, to have his agent talk with other teams, to try to give him a chance at finding a new home. The Steelers do that a lot. They'll oftentimes do the player a solid and say, we're just going to give you that opportunity to go out and find your new home. Duke's a core for Presley Harvin, though. Those were kind of surprises. Maybe not so much the cut itself, but when they did it. So to be honest, if I'm being 100% honest, none of these cuts were surprising to me, but the timing of the moves were. Now, a lot of people, especially with Chooks Okorafor, they, they hit me up on Twitter and said, Jeff, I was hoping they would get uh, you know something for Chooks, like trade him. Yeah, I, I understand the thought process. I understand... A lot of people would want the Steelers to make a trade, to try and do whatever they can to go out there 
and get even if it's a six round draft pick, it's something. Well, the problem is, is that these NFL teams, it's not always an option. These other NFL teams, they see the salary cap numbers. They see the Chooks of Korofor got benched midway through the season. They see the writing on the wall. And so if no one's biting on a trade, these other teams, they know this information. They say, you know what? I'm not going to trade for Chooks of Korofor. We're going to wait until you release him. And when you release him, then maybe we'll take a flyer on him, try to claim him or pick him up or sign him as a free agent. That's just the way that it works. So they'll wait. They'll wait. And so if the Steelers put it out there to all the teams that might be in the market for an offensive tackle who could play both sides, but predominantly the right side, they might say, well, you know what? We're not about to trade and take on that contract. We're just going to wait. And so the Steelers likely knew writings on the wall. We're not going to get anything for him. So we're going to let him go. We're going to let him go. But then you look at the big press decision and that it might, might be the most surprising, the surprising cut of them all. And it's not only because he was a drafted player out of Georgia Tech, but they're not saving much money from releasing Presley Harvin when they did. Let's talk about money and savings, right? These numbers all come from Dave Schofield. He is the salary cap guru. I trust his numbers. You might have seen something different on Twitter. Dave does a great job of diagnosing exactly what the Steelers are going to be saving based on displacement and all those minute criteria and details that I am not familiar with. So I always ask Dave, hey, how much are we talking? Here are the numbers. So Mitch Trubisky being released saves the Steelers $11.2 million this year in cap space. Chooks for $8.25 million saved this year in salary cap space. And Presley Harvin, a whopping $1.05 million in the cap this season. So you're saving yourself about $20 million with those players no longer on the roster. So they're going to be cap compliant already. They can make more moves. We'll talk about that in a second as to maybe save some more space. But this, these each one of these signings signifies something for the team. And I think it's worth noting. So with Mitch Trubisky, him being released when he was, it means that now there's a new quarterback room upcoming. There were some people that actually were reporting this. I was not one of them. We were not one of them at Steel Curtain Network. And our sources told us nothing about this. That They were saying that Mike Tomlin wanted Mitch Trubisky on the depth chart. I didn't buy that based on what we heard from our sources. It didn't make sense. And so I was like, okay, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens as I read these reports. Trubisky gets released. They save themselves some money. And now you have Kenny Pickett and no one else on the quarterback depth chart. Maybe they bring in Mason Rudolph. Maybe they bring in a Ryan Tannehill. Maybe they bring in a Jacoby Brissett. Maybe they go out and get a Russell Wilson. And that's something that Roy Countryman talked about on Monday's show. And he said that he thinks that him, Russell Wilson's play in Denver was highly uh, exaggerated in terms of how bad it was. He watched the film. He said he didn't think he was that bad. He still has a lot left in the tank. I don't know if I buy into that, but ultimately those are options. And then do they draft the player? If they do, where? We talking to mid-round pick, third-round pick, fourth-round pick? Are we talking to Chris Oladokun being a, a late-round pick, sixth, seventh-round pick? I don't know. But the quarterback room is going to look really, really different in 2024. Now, with Chooks Okora for being released, it, as if we didn't know the Steelers were going to have to draft a or draft and or sign a free agent tackle, if we didn't know that already, it is crystal clear now 
that the Steelers are going to make that move. Why? They don't have enough tackles on the roster. Sure, there are some tackles that are there and on practice squad that signed free agent or reserve future contracts. They are options. Steelers, are they're going to add to that tackle room. But with Presley Harvin, I'm going to come back to that. I said, oh, it didn't make much sense. It still doesn't add up to me. Something is odd here. Something's odd. The Steelers saving only $1 million does not mean that he was cut for salary cap purposes. That's stupid. They could have cut so many other players and saved a lot more money than letting Presley Harvin go now. Presley Harvin, I, I would have bet a lot of money would have had at least he would have had competition in training camp, but would have had an opportunity to win the job. He doesn't even get to the new league year before being released. There's there's something weird about this. I almost want to say there's something fishy about this release. It just doesn't make sense to me. I want to say to someone, make it make sense. I know how inconsistent he's been. I know that he hasn't been up to the standard, so to speak. But at the same time, I keep on sitting here thinking to myself, I don't get this move at all. So Presley Harvin's gone. There's something odd there. I wouldn't be shocked if something happened. There are times where a player gets released. You're wondering what's happened. And then you find out a few weeks later that there was an arrest or there was an off-field issue. And the Steelers were just going to say, we're, we're just not putting up with this. Maybe that happens. I hope for his sake it doesn't. But that's what it kind of reminds me of. That's what it reminds the first two, Mitch Trubisky and Chuksakor for make sense from a salary cap perspective, from a roster's perspective. Presley Harvin, with only one million dollars on the cap, you would expect him to at least be invited to camp to have an opportunity to compete for his job. And whether he wins it or not is is not the debate here, but he's now gone. But the one thing the Steelers are doing is that they're proving that they're not running it back. They're not running it back with the same old group. And they have done this in the past. In case people forget, there have been times where they could have saved money and they said, you know what? Now we're, we're going to, we're, we're trusting in our scouting. We're trusting in our organization. We're going to run it back with this group and see what we can do. So far early on in this off season, they're saying that both from the coaching staff perspective and from a roster perspective, that they're not just going to run it back. They are going to make the changes that they feel are necessary and they're going to make the improvements that they think are necessary to get this team over that proverbial hump. I'm happy to see that. I'm happy to see the Steelers making those moves. I'm happy to see the team being willing to make some, some do some house cleaning. We'll put it that way. To go out there and clean up a little bit. You don't need Mitch Trubisky. You don't need Chooksakor for. So cut ties with them now. Don't keep them around just because. Don't drag out the process. Let them go. Deal with your losses. Get yourself ready for free agency. Make the moves necessary to improve the roster and get ready for the draft. But then that brings up the next question. What's next? What's next? So I actually spoke with Dave uh, via Slack today. And I was like, Dave, you know, Pat or Alan Robinson. He's the next guy that everyone's saying he's going to be cut or released based on the fact that he is due a $10 million cap hit in 2024. The Steelers are not going to pay Alan Robinson $10 million in 2024. They're just not going to do it. But Dave brought up a good point. He said the fact they haven't released him yet makes him wonder if they're going to maybe redo his contract. So let's say they add a year. They sign him to a one-year extension. They can push that money into 2025, and that cap hit in 2024 goes from 10 down to 1.5 or $2 million. 
that saves you still about nine, eight and a half million dollars on the cap. So that's still going to be valuable. That's probably the next we're going to see if he doesn't get released at all. Dave brings up two other players, though, and I want to give him credit because I had one of these in mind, but not the other. I thought of Mason Cole. Mason Cole can save him some money, but then it would put them in pretty much dire straits at the center position. Patrick Peterson, someone Dave brought up that could save him money, but again, I, I don't see them going down that road with Levi Wallace hitting free agency, and they just need some good cornerbacks. Uh, James Pierre's also set to be a free agent. We'll see. I don't think those are likely moves, but that could be what's next. But now, all of a sudden, the Steelers have options well before free agency begins. It's exactly where you want to be. You get yourself cap compliant. You create some salary cap space for yourself so that you have the green light to make moves when free agency starts on March 13th. And I think that's what the Steelers are going to do. I think they're going to make some moves. We'll talk about that a lot in the next month as we sit here on Valentine's Day. And I'm excited. I'm excited for it. Let the off-season roster building begin. I know you're here for it. I'm here for it as well. What I'm also here for is the mailbag segment, which is coming up right after this break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the mailbag segment. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Steeler fans, and welcome back to the mailbag segment. I want to clarify something that I made a mistake with in the first half. So I had to record this podcast a little bit earlier than I normally do uh, due to some family things going on. And that $11.2 million I spoke about with Mitch Trubisky, salary cap savings, that was a number that Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette had put out there, and I must have misread it. Uh, He said that that's how much they're not going to owe him, but that's over the duration of the contract. In terms of salary cap savings, this came from Dave Scofield who messaged me and said, hey, just want to clarify, I think you messed up your number, which I'm not shocked. I'm not a numbers guy. He doesn't save the Steelers 11.2. He saves them 2.94. Yeah, only just shy of $3 million. So now you add that with Chooks Okorafor and uh, Presley Harvin. Now you're talking about around $12 million that they're going to have saved in cap space from releasing these three players when they did not quite the 20. My apologies. I wanted to clarify that. I'm thanks, thankful for Dave for catching that. So I could let you all know about that information, but let's get right into the, well, let's get right into the mailbag segment. Shall we? All right, let's start this thing off. Let's go with, oh, hold on. i got to find the tweet. Found it. Here we go. Let's go with believers. It says now to add to the experts talking about it. Fields, talking about Justin Fields, now has better odds in Vegas to be the Steelers starter over any other team, including the Bears. Would you be happy? I'm not saying I would be happy. I have to be honest. I've talked about this in previous podcasts. I'm taking this offseason and I'm being very guarded. Very, very guarded. And what I mean by that is that I'm trying not to get overly excited about anything. 
I did that last year. I was all in. And boy, was it a gut punch when things didn't pan out the way we had all hoped. So going to be taking things very guarded. Would I be happy? I don't know if happy is the right word. Would I be hopeful? You have a good, another good option? Sure. Yeah, that's where I am right now. Believers also added the Ride or Die Crew poll of the week. He said, I thought this year's Super Bowl was. Here were the options. An all-time game? Boring as hell? Didn't even watch or scripted? Uh, this is tough for me because in the first half, boring as hell. And that's what I voted for. The first half was awful. It was sloppy. It was bad. The second half, though, was much more entertaining, much more what we come to expect from the Super Bowl, and that was more of an all-time game. But combined, if anyone writes or tells you that this was an all-time game, they have not watched a lot of football. I could tell you at least 10 Super Bowls that were better than that one, without a doubt. Let's go to Jeff Coons, our buddy up north. He spells his name wrong, but that's okay. He said, Jeff, do the Steelers have a scout who specifically assesses Special teams prospects. Oh, to be a fly on the wall to watch punter film. Here's hoping they can get it right this offseason. Hashtag weasel boy. No Jordan Berry. No Jordan Berry. He was just as inconsistent as Presley Harvin was. I, I do think that they have a, a, a branch of the front office that deals with special teams. It's probably not a large branch. When you think about it, Chris Boswell's entrenched as the kicker. I mean, but they're going to scout these players no matter what. You never know what's going to happen. You never know if you'll need that tape or that analysis. So that's a good question, though. Let's go to Brandon Diaz. He has several questions. First, who wins in a dynasty bowl, the 2000 Steelers or the 2020 Chiefs? Give me those Steelers because I think with that that iteration of Ben Roethlisberger and that defense, it would be a great game, but I'll take the time. That, that defense was so good. People forget how good that 2000 Steelers defense was. Next question, why are so many people upset with Travis, Kelsey, and Andy Reid's interaction? That's their relationship. I don't know. That did not sit well with me. I did not like that. And as a coach, you know, and I get it. I talked about this with coach Kevin Smith on our NFL whip round podcast, which you can hear that on the FFSN NFL feed just by searching FFSN NFL. And man, I don't like that. Look, I don't care if you're making millions of dollars. I don't care if you're a superstar and I'm not about to say, that he should have benched him. That's high school stuff. You don't do that in the NFL, not in the Super Bowl. But there was something about that that I didn't like. He shoved him. It's not that he got up and was yelling. He kind of made contact, almost knocked him over. Come on, man. Come on now. That's And they were only down 7-0 in the first, in the first half. What are we doing? Let's move on. Next, Steelers make the trade for Justin Fields. Right now, around Twitter, everyone's saying, a second round pick in 2024 and a fifth rounder in 2025. That's what they're suggesting. I'm not giving that up. I'm not giving that up for Justin Fields. Not for a guy that turns the ball over way too often. But I get how the Steelers could maybe manipulate the numbers or the, the draft capital a little bit. We'll see. All right, let's go with uh, our, uh, still, still from Brandon. Are we a quarterback away from a deep run? You need one of those really special quarterbacks, not just any run-of-the-mill quarterback. But, yeah, they need a quarterback. And then lastly, favorite play from this season. Favorite play from this season. I'd have to say that I really enjoyed the Seattle game and the runs that happened in that game. Jalen Warren broke off a couple big runs. Najee Harris had a couple angry runs. Those were really fun. And I think back to some of the – you know, the, the catch by George Pickens against the Ravens over Marlon Humphrey at, at Akershire Stadium. That that was fun. I like watching offensive football. That's fun. 
But then you could also talk about all those great plays on the defense. TJ Watts interception against the LA Rams. TJ Watts touchdown after the strip sack from Alex Highsmith against the Cleveland Browns on Monday night football. Uh, Nick Herbing strip sack against Geno Smith in the Seattle game. I could go on. It's tough to pick just one. Let's go to Will Caldwell. He has two. Hey, Jeff, do, you, do, the most re, do the most recent cuts give you confidence or concern in Khan's approach, at least for the players the prior GM has signed? Do you like the aggressiveness? He said, personally, I do. I think that Omar Khan's approach is simple. We're not going to wait around for you to get it right. Now, I'm going to be really anxious to see how they handle Dan Moore because Dan Moore has been, they've been holding him, hoping that he gets it right. He has not gotten it right yet, and they're just waiting. They're waiting for Dan Moore to finally, let's go. You know, you work hard, but let's see you really step up your game and live up to that potential. Hasn't happened yet. So we'll have to see how that plays out. And uh, I, I think he's just not willing to wait. That They're going to make the moves that they deem are necessary for this team to move, move forward. The next one from Will. If you had to pick one tandem to complete with the first pick of the Steelers draft, assuming it was a successful pick, would you choose to add a partner for JPJ or secure the bookend tackles? Okay, so you're saying in 2023's draft class, I get to pick a partner. Would I rather have a cornerback opposite JPJ or a bookend tackle opposite Broderick Jones? As much as I want a corner, I feel like it's easier to get one. I would say, give me that bookend tackle. Give me the bookend tackles for the next decade plus, and the Steelers will be set offensively. That's what I would choose. Easy pickings. He asked several. He says, Steelers are now favorites to land fields. This addresses both my questions. First, is it valid to admit we will not be a Super Bowl contender until we get a difference maker quarterback. Even with a few minutes left in the game, I think everyone knew Mahomes was going to force a comeback. He continues, I'm not saying we need a Mahomes. Finding a guy at that caliber is obviously a diamond in the rough, but I think the threshold of being contenders should be, can they beat the Chiefs? Every team should have that threshold. He continues, so where does that put us? We have a great defense. Yes, it needs some work in some areas, but I trust the con artist to patch that. Our offense is young and only needs a few patches, center and tackle. You can have a perfect roster at the end of the day, but quarterback is the most important position. He continues. Okay, getting to the point. Is Justin Fields our best chance at posing a threat to Kansas City? Let's think of alternatives. Tannehill. Nope. That's his. He's saying this, not me. Tannehill. Nope. Kirk. Age and injuries are concerned. Russell. Stop gap at best. Kenny. Unfortunately, I think we know what we have, and it's not beating Kansas City. When you put it this way, now he's done, end quote. When you put it this way, Justin Fields at least has some dynamic spark. I want to make that clear. It might be running the football, but he has a dynamic spark. And those sparks are what you need to get you over the hump against a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. Think about what Lamar Jackson has done. I'm not comparing Justin Fields to Lamar Jackson. They are not the same. They're not built the same. They don't play the same. But Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson both have that dynamic spark. Josh Allen has that spark. Joe Burrow does in a different way, and that's with his arm, not so much with his legs. You need someone that has that dynamic spark. So when you go back and you list the quarterbacks that you listed, you said, how about Ryan Tannehill? No, no, I don't think he does anymore. Maybe when he was young and he still could was really mobile, but no, not anymore. Kirk Cousins, the dude ruptured his Achilles tendon last year, midseason. 
I'm not 100% certain on his health for next year, but at the price tag, no. I don't think he provides that dynamic spark. Then you look at other Kenny Pickett. No, unfortunately, it's no. I don't see any. I haven't seen anything that has that spark. Has he made some good throws? Sure, but that's not that dynamic spark. Ben Roethlisberger had that dynamic spark, his escapability, his ability to make plays off structure, out of the pocket. It was dynamic. It was the spark. So it got the team and that defense over the hump. Justin Fields has that spark. And if he can harness that spark and not become turnover prone, which he has been, the Steelers could have something here if they choose to go down that road. The Steelers also have to be concerned with the fact that they're going to have to deal with this fifth-year option. They have to deal with what a contract would look like after that. But if we're just talking here the way that we are, what ifs, then I think that if if that they do land fields, it gives them the best chance to compete in a very daunting AFC. Yeah, you might disagree. That's fine. Eric, he asks, which individual Steeler do you believe has to have a big year in 2024 Besides Kenny Pickett, that's a great question. I'm going to go on offense and defense here. So offensively, the Steeler that needs to have a big year in 2024 besides Kenny Pickett, I actually think that I want to say something general like the offensive line, but I think that's cheating. I think that there's a lot. There's a part of me that thinks it's Pat Fryermuth. Pat Fryermuth is going into a contract year. You think about Najee Harris first round pick that year. He has a fifth year option with his first round status. So not so much pressure there. Pat Frymuth on offense has to show something. Hopefully the offense sets him up for success. We haven't seen that yet. But I'm going to say Pat Frymuth on the offensive side. Defensively, the player that has to have a big year, I'm going to say Larry Ogunjobi, assuming that he's still back. You know, Larry Ogunjobi signed that contract last offseason. I think it was a three-year deal. Did not play well in 2023 by all metrics, did not play well. And it wasn't as if he was banged up like he was the year prior. So he's got to step up his game. He's got to play up to the contract that he earned. So there you go. Okay, let's go with James. He asked a question. Hey, Jeff, any update on the hopeful Oklahoma Joe sponsorship? And if not, how can the Ride or Die crew help make it happen? So <laughs> for those that don't know, on YouTube, I put it on Twitter as well. I do my Steelers grilling thoughts. I use an Oklahoma Joe's grill. Uh, I, I told my wife the other day, she goes, what would you want from them? If they sent me a grill cover, a new grill cover, because I need it anyways, I'd do one of those a week and give them the, you know, I'd give them the publicity that, that they only have, I think, 2,500 Twitter followers. Let, let me help you out a little bit. Get you some followers. Let's do some uh, game day recipes, all that stuff, grilling advice. I'd do all of it. It's not going to happen anytime soon, but maybe it will. Now, he says on a more serious note, this is from James, what specific grill would you recommend that serves as both a smoker and a grill looking to finally get one and start smoking? I love my Oklahoma Joe's grill, and I'm not I'm not sponsored by them, so I'm not being paid. Uh, it is super versatile. It does take a little used to, if you're just looking to use for the grill, uh, the charcoal is really close to the grill plate, so you have to really get used to how fast your food's going to cook putting the charcoals in a certain area so that you have some cooler spots where you can move stuff. Uh, but the smoker, the offset smokers, the traditional smoker works really well, easy to clean, a great old school smoker. That's where I would tell you to go. 
If you want more details, hit me up and I'll send you some links. Let's go to MDibs24. Is there a free agent you would like the Steelers to pursue? I, I honestly haven't looked too much at free agency. Uh, I'm going to have to do that. I'm definitely going to have to do that. Let's go to SteelerFan69. Jeff, my friend, you are batting a thousand for your Monday interviews. Thank you. You all, I think you, I think you all will like the one that's coming up this Monday. I'm, I'm setting that up as we speak. He said, my wife and I will celebrate our 40th anniversary this year. My wife likes trips. So for our 25th anniversary, we went to Italy this year. I'm planning to go back and get her. <laughs> I love it. I don't know if you're actually truthful when you're celebrating your 40th year of, uh, of, of married, married bliss. This year, I think, is 17 for my wife and I. Go to LumberZach94. What's up, Jeff? With all the offensive coaching staff being mostly filled out, how are you feeling? Seems like a uh, a step in the right direction, in my opinion. Also, my take on the Fields thing. The guy has 30 interceptions and 38 fumbles in three years. That doesn't sound like a Tomlin guy, just saying. Okay, let's start with the first part. I like the offensive coaching staff and the changes that were made. I am still curious about Mike Sullivan talked about at the beginning of the show for obvious reasons. As for fields, I do think that you can coach a quarterback to, to not be so cautious with the football, whether that's running the ball or throwing the ball. I do think you can coach that out of players. Let's go to Ryan. Good. Two more questions here. If Kenny Pickett does not pan out as QB one, rather we figure out that out this year or next, how much would you prefer the Steelers finding the next QB one trade for a young vet like Justin Fields or draft a guy and groom him up. I think that the Steelers cannot go into this season saying, well, you know, we're just, we're going to see what we have in Kenny Pickett. You've had two years to evaluate Kenny Pickett at the pro level. And if you haven't seen enough, what are you waiting for? So they'll say that the, the coordinator, okay, that's fine. You'll get that opportunity, but it's going to be with competition. And so if it's a Justin Fields, if it's a draft pick, if it's a Ryan Tannehill, if it's a Mason Rudolph, it doesn't matter. I really don't care. But at the same time, he's not going to be given anything, and nor should he be given anything. He's going to have to prove it. I would like, at this stage, with releasing Mitch Trubisky, they're going to have to have a draft pick, and they're going to have to have a free agent. If it's Mason Rudolph or someone else, they have to fill out the, the depth chart. There's normally four quarterbacks on the offseason roster. Right now, there's one. All right, let's go to the last one, Bob Rayberg. No question, Mahomes is great with the rings to prove it. Too bad the Niners suffered two blunders, the miss point after and the botch punt return, which led to a quick Chiefs touchdown. Although we'll never know, if not for these two plays, would the outcome have been different? I will say that if it weren't for the botched punt, yes. And the, the miss PAT, I think that there's some people that believe that if they make the point after, they go up by four points, that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs know what they need to do and they'll probably be able to get it done. It was the botch punt. The, the, the 49ers defense had done their job. They get the Chiefs to punt the ball away. You muff the punt, which was not on Ray Ray McLeod, by the way. Everyone wants to say, like, oh, Ray Ray muffed it. No. Hit the up man. Ray Ray tries to recover. He can't do it. The next play, the next play, boom, touchdown. That's what good teams do, and those are the mistakes you cannot make when you play a team like the Chiefs and a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. All right, good hey, good mailbag segment. Great podcast. I love this. I love this Wednesday show for that reason. I appreciate everyone that reached out. If you want to follow me on Twitter, or just find me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. That does it for this show. On Friday, I'll be back. All bets are off segment. We'll be back as well. Be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, you know how we finish it out. Be safe. Be kind and God bless. Have a great rest of the week. We'll see you on Friday.